0: Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: The other day at my barber, he was telling me about just kind of growing up. he um, He would finish a chore or something around the house. And then after he'd finished, he'd always go to his mom and say, all right, mom, can, you know, can I have ice cream now? Or I really wanna you know, play video games or something. And his mom always had this line that she would tell him in these moments. She said, son, you don't get rewarded for the things that you're supposed to do. So he was telling me, he said, I'm looking so forward to Mother's Day morning because I'm gonna call my mom and say, hey, mom, I know it's Mother's Day. I just wanted to call and tell you, you don't get rewarded for things that you're supposed to do. So hope you have a good day it's not a good idea. My barber is single for a reason, okay? It's good. When I was 19, a church that I was a part of, um, we had a lady that went to the church that we called Mama Netzel, okay? And Mama Netzel was the go-to person whenever we needed prayer, She was somebody who we could count on that would definitely pray, and not only would she definitely pray, but it just seemed like she had a perfect batting average when it came to prayer. God heard her, and God constantly answered her prayers. So if you had something going on or something you were hoping for, or you were in a valley, you could pray yourself, or you could ask someone else to pray, but if you ask Mama Netzel, it was going to have power. I wonder, do you have somebody like that in your life? Like When you're in a dark valley or you've got hope, you've got kind of a go-to person that comes to mind. You're like, I need to call that person. I need them to pray. Because it just seems like some people just have the ability to pray, right? They have more pool with the big man upstairs. If they pray, there's power and it works. This month, we're going to spend some time talking about prayer Because I believe that God does not designate individuals like Mama Netzel to be able to pray and cover all of our prayers and to be the only one who has power in prayer. I believe God wants you and me to have that type of power in prayer. And so if you are a rookie in prayer, if prayer happens and you're the one that's like, I don't wanna be called on if we're a small group and someone's praying and they ask for me to pray loud, I don't wanna pray out loud, I don't know how to pray, I don't pray often, the only time I pray is at like the, the lowest moment. If you feel like a rookie, this series is for you. But I also wanna say that if you feel like an expert in prayer, if you feel like, man, I have, I have graduated, I know how to pray, I know how to go about my prayer life, I've been praying for years, I've seen God answer prayers, I want to invite you to lean in because I believe this series is also for you. When Jesus was here on earth, he spent a lot of time praying. And we, have, we actually have records of his prayers because he would pray aloud. He would, he would cut away from the group at times, but the group closest to him, the disciples, They recorded his prayers, and they recorded a moment where they went to him. Even after observing his prayers and getting to learn firsthand, they still wanted to know more. This is what it says in Luke 11. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Would you teach us to pray? A humble posture from those that were closest to Jesus while he was here. In fact, you may know this or you may not, uh, in our generation, one of the greatest Christian heroes that we've known of was the evangelist Billy Graham. At the end of Billy Graham's life, someone asked him, hey, if you could go back and do anything differently, what would it be? And one of Billy Graham's answers was, if I could go back, I would have prayed more. So if the the people that were closest to Jesus desired to learn more about prayer, and one of the greatest Christian heroes of our time and our generation desired to know more about prayer, then I think we have a level playing field today, whether you're a rookie, whether you're an expert, or even if you're a cynic or a skeptic. So before we dig in, I'd love to invite you to do something bold right now. I'd love to just take two seconds of silence, and I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer and just ask, Lord Would you teach me how to pray? Would you teach me how to pray? I'm going to take two seconds of silence right now. You can pray. Eyes open, eyes closed, whatever you want to do. And Lord, that is our prayer. Would you teach us how to pray? Today, we're going to look at a specific type of prayer called intercession. That's a big word, a spiritual word. I don't want you to like check out like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Intercession is, is simpler than the spiritual word that it, it sounds like. I want to describe what intercession is real quick. Intercession is when there's a gap between where things should be and, and where things are. And it's specific to relationships. When there is a gap relationship in a relationship, or a conflict in a relationship, where a relationship was whole and now uh, one party's kind of broken off and there is a gap. An intercessor is like a mediator who will stand in the gap, stand in between, and, and work to bring both parties back together and to bring unity. Intercession is very important to God because the truth about all of humanity is there is a gap between us and God there is a gap that has been created in our relationship and it's not due to anything that God has done God is holy and perfect and righteous The reason that there's a gap is because we as humans have said, thank you for your good truth. We think there's a better way and we chose what's called sin. And our sin told him we didn't trust him. And trust is the basis of any relationship. So when we choose not to trust, we've created a gap in that relationship. The prophet Isaiah described this gap this way, Isaiah 59, it says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. So when this happens, when the gap's created, and I'm not saying if it happens, I'm saying when it happens, because all of us have sinned, all of us have chosen that separation, have decided to separate ourselves. When that happens, God looks for an intercessor to stand in the gap who will call on him and and work to bring unity back where the gap was. This is in that same chapter in Isaiah, it said, about him looking for an intercessor, it says he saw there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. There were a couple of other prophets that would come after Isaiah at a time where Israel was really getting further and further from God. This was, they were in the promised land. They were getting further and further and closer and closer to the time that God would allow them to be exiled and lose their promised land because of that separation Isaiah described that God was looking for an intercessor. And then the next book is Jeremiah. That's a prophet later that was looking for an intercessor, couldn't find one. The prophet Ezekiel was someone who was a prophet during the exile. And it said that he looked for someone who would stand in the gap, but there was no one. Intercession is important to God and intercessory prayer is powerful. And I wanna show you how powerful it is. I want to go back a little bit in the history of Israel to when Moses was leading the Israelites. And this was a time in Israel's history. They had just been led out of slavery, out of Egypt. They're in the wilderness. And Moses goes up to the mountain where he is with God and he's receiving instructions for the Ten Commandments. And the reason God gave the Ten Commandments, this was instruction for how we could have good relationship with God, there wouldn't be a gap, and how we could have good relationship with each other. That's what this was about. Well, Moses was gone long enough for the people to get uncomfortable and feel like they needed a different solution because maybe God wasn't there to help them anymore. And so they went to Moses' sidekick, Aaron, and they were like, we need a God because God, you know, it's been a few days and Moses isn't here. And let's pick up the story. This is Exodus 32, starting at verse seven. The Lord told Moses quick, go down the mountain, your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they've turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made a calf and they've bowed down and sacrificed to it. They're saying, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Real quick, when they went to Aaron, they're like, can you help us? Aaron's like, I want you to take the gold, that, the earrings you've got, the necklaces you've got that you brought from Egypt. I'm gonna burn all that up. We're gonna create a golden calf, a, a useless piece of metal. And while they're waiting on God, they start praising this useless piece of metal for leading them out of 400 years of slavery in Egypt. This is crazy. This is defiant. This is telling God, we really don't trust you. We, we saw you deliver us after 400 years of this. We saw you deliver us, but you've been gone long enough that we're going to choose to trust a useless piece of metal. The Lord said, I've, I've seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them. I'll destroy them and then I'll make you Moses into a great nation. Like in other words Moses we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let them go and I'm gonna start over with you. You're here with me. Let's let's just start this process all over. It's good. We've got a good relationship but they've they've run off. They don't trust me but Moses tried to pacify the Lord as God. He said oh Lord as we read this, I want you to know you are, you are reading a prayer of intercession. Someone who is standing in the gap, calling on the mercy of God, where there is a gap between God and others. Why are you so angry with your own people whom you brought from the land of Egypt with such great power and such a strong hand? Why let the Egyptians say, their God rescued them with evil intention of slaughtering them? in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth. Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you've threatened against your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that you bound yourself with an oath to to them, saying, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven, and I'll give them all of this land that I have promised to your descendants, and they will possess it forever. Check this out. So the Lord, what does that say? come on church, what does that say? The Lord, we're going to say that really loud. The Lord, we're going to say it really loud. The Lord about the terrible disaster that he had threatened to bring on his people. Moses interceded and said, hold up, God, hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about what you promised. Let's talk about what this will look like. Let's talk about what this will mean. God, don't do this. And the Lord listened to an intercession He listened to Moses' intercession of standing in the gap, and the scriptures say he changed his mind. Other translations say he relented from what he was going to do. God was pleased with the intercession of Moses to say, okay, now there was consequences that followed. If you read the rest of this chapter, you'll see some of the consequences they had to naturally deal with, but what they didn't lose was the presence of God in this group of people, because there was an intercessor that called on God to say, don't leave us. Don't leave us. Today is Mother's Day. And I know that there are a lot of families represented here in the room today. And if, if you're like me, which my guess is, this is probably the case for most, if not all of us in the room. The place that we can see where there's a gap between where we should be and where we are, the most is in our family. <laughs> I mean, if you got family drama, just lift up your hand just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? The, the, our family is where we see a bunch of mess play out, right? We see it. And I know that some of you are here today and there are situations in, in just, in just in your family where there's a gap between where things should be and where they are. And it might be in your marriage. It might be in a relationship with a son or a daughter. It might be a relationship with your father or your mother. It may be a sibling. And then there's outside of our families. It may be a friend. Maybe that betrayed you, that hurt you. Maybe that a friend that you were walking close with, with the Lord, and they've run away from God, and now you, you just feel this, this hurt because there's a gap now. And then we could get outside of our immediate circle and we could just look at this world and admit that there's a gap between where people should be and where we are. When this happens, God looks for an intercessor. And I want to encourage you today that intercession and intercessory prayer is not something that's reserved for Moses or a leader like Moses. It's not reserved for a pastor. It's not reserved for Mama Netzel. Intercession and and prayers of intercession are something that you are invited to participate in and you can have power in. And not only that, the Lord invites and calls you into this. This is what Paul said to Timothy about intercession. He said, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them what's that word say it loud Intercede. intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them you are called and invited to intercede on behalf of others where there is a gap, God invites you to intercede. And this isn't something that requires a crazy education or a crazy amount of training. Remember where we started today was the disciples, those who were close to him, said, teach us how to pray. A humble posture is step one in showing up to intercede. And then when we show up, even if you don't know what to pray, Paul had words to say about how you can still intercede even in that moment. This is in Romans Eight twenty six. It says, "In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for." There's that humble posture. We don't even know, (laughs) but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through worldless groans. And He who searches hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in according in accordance with the will of God. Even when you show up and you don't have the words to pray, you just know, my marriage isn't where it should be. God, I I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to pray. The Spirit shows up and intercedes on your behalf. Showing up and being humble are a huge part of the battle. And if you're willing to do those few things, I think there can be power in your prayers of intercession. If you're humble and you show up, if those two things take place, I'd love to give you three really, really practical ways that you can begin interceding today. Three really practical ways. You may take notes. These will be in uh, the version app that we've got with the notes from today's message. And we're gonna work through them really quick and I've got something I wanna show you. But just three really practical ways. A Big word, intercession, big spiritual word. No, it's, it's simple. It's much simpler than, than you realize. Number one, To effectively intercede, I have to care about both parties. Care about both parties. I've got to care about God. I've got to care about what his ways are and his desire is. And, and then I've got to care about the people where they are. And I've got to care in a way that, that God cares. And prophet Isaiah describes that, there was, that God was looking for an intercessor, Not every prophet was a great intercessor because some of them cared about God, but they didn't really care about people the way he cared about them. One of those prophets was Jonah. Jonah, you might know, is the story of the prophet who got eaten by the big fish, right? But the the reason that happened was because God asked Jonah to step in and preach a message to a group called the Ninevites that were in Nineveh. This was a wicked group of people that had separated themselves from God and invite them to repent. And Jonah didn't like that because he cared about God, but he didn't care about the Ninevites. His his thought was Nineveh deserves punishment, so I don't want to step over there and do this because God's going to show them mercy. When we don't care about both parties, your prayers of intercession will not be effective. They will not be effective. Powerful prayers of intercession are when you care about both parties. And I understand that's hard to do. Because if you're like me, and we can even talk family here, and and, and just people close, there's people you love, but there's people you really don't like. (laughs) And it is hard to pray for those people. But Jesus taught us to do this in Matthew 5, 43. He said, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Effective intercession starts by caring about both parties. Number two, pray God's word. Pray God's word. When Moses started to intercede on behalf of Israel, what he did is he started telling God to remember the promises that God had made. He started praying God's word back to him. God, this is what you said. This is who you are. Like he's praying God's truth and God's character to him. And God responds to that. There's truth in that. Sometimes I really don't know what to pray, but guess what? He's given us his word. It's full and it's complete. And guess what? You don't even have to worry if you're going to read a verse out of context because he wrote and knows the whole thing. So even if you're praying a section, you're like, I don't know if that's going to fit. He'll make it fit. He's got you covered. But when we show up and we pray his word, there's power in it. In fact, what it said in Romans, when the spirit intercedes on our behalf, said that the spirit prays in accordance to the will of God. The spirit is praying God's word and character and truth back to him. There is power in an intercessory prayer when it's praying God's word. And number three, be willing to be a part of the solution. This is probably the hardest one. Be willing to be a part of the solution. This is when we don't show up and expect God to do everything and we're not willing to be a part of it. This is when we show up and say, God. I need you to do the things that I can't, but if there's anything in this that I can do, I'm willing because I care enough about both parties. This is how Moses offered himself to be a part of the solution. Moses went back to the Lord and said, oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They've made themselves gods of gold, but now please forgive their sin. But if not and blot me out of the book you've written. In other words, God, if, if your justice has to follow through here, let me take their place. I'll take the punishment. I'll take the weight on me. If you'll just show mercy to them, then, then wipe me out. Don't wipe them out. I know you said you could start over with me, so why don't you take me out? That's my offer, and, and then start over with them. That is a powerful prayer. Of intercession there's not anyone in my life that i can think of that i've seen walk out prayers of intercession faithfully for as long as my grandmother and um, i knew we were talking about this and my hope was maybe that she could come down here and and have a conversation with us Um, but the, the best solution was that we went up, we went back up to Nashville, took some of the team, and we got to sit down and have a conversation about how God answered an incredible prayer of intercession in her life. She was extremely vulnerable for you. And so I'd love to, uh, to check this out together. Well, Granny,
2: you are the prayer warrior that's in our family. We got a lot of prayer warriors, but you, are, you, are, you carry the prayer mantle and have my whole life, and so uh, I'm so excited that you're willing to share. I'm getting a personal benefit, but I believe our church is going to get a huge benefit from this as well. I pray that will happen. Yeah. So intercession is a different type of praying. How, can you tell us about when you were, when you began to get inspired to intercede for our family or kids, grandkids, great grandkids?
0: When I had the first child, yeah. <laughs> when I started my family, That's when uh, God impressed upon me. And I was in Bible study at that point in time in my life. I, I don't know if it was one of the Bible studies. I think it was where I heard the teacher in the Bible study say, pray scripture for your family. And that's when I began the process of going through the Bible and asking God to show me, what scripture do you want me to pray for, Tina? And I went through the Bible until he made it real to me. And that's what I've done with each family member along the way. And would you like to hear what I've prayed for you since you were a, about a teenager probably, or, or late, late child or early teen? Yes. <laughs> yes. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, I don't think many Christians understand that God wants to give us power in prayer,
1: yeah.
0: and when we're praying His Word, he, he, that's power. Wow. He said He wants to give great power, Yeah. So, and He did. Yeah,
2: thank you. <laughs> so can you tell us about some specific prayers that you've seen God answer in our family that you were interceding for? Yes.
0: I prayed about my marriage. I believed in marriage. I believed that God ordained marriage and that God chose our husbands for us or wives for us. And so I started early praying about who I would marry. I knew I wanted to marry a Christian and uh, That's why it was extremely hard for what I went through the first 16 years, because I thought, why, God, I ask you for a Christian. Why didn't you give me a Christian? And I would go into my closet Mm. and close the door Mm. and say, Lord, I don't know. I don't even know how to answer him. Mm. I don't know what to do. And God was so faithful Mm. to say, this is what I want you to do. Mm. We went to, God moved us to Atlanta. We were away from family. We were away from uh, any support except each other and God. That's when we dealt with what Granddaddy had done, and it had been that he had un, been unfaithful to me. and that's when uh, he we dealt with it. That's when I said to him one day, "I know this has happened. I can't prove it, but I know it. And that's when we started dealing with and we went to counseling and um Like I say, your granddaddy was awesome and he truly repented. And he's certainly never done anything like that since, Mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm.
2: So um, if you could pass one truth on to our family about prayer, what would that be?
0: Uh, It it would be believe. When you pray, believe that you're going to get an answer. Because God says He will answer. He hears our prayer and He will answer. It may be a no, but He will answer. And persevere in prayer. Don't give up. I mean, 16 years I prayed. But look what God gave me. He changed me because I wasn't sure I even loved Him anymore. But I asked God to give me love for him. If I, if he wanted me to stay with Jerry, then give me love for him. And he did. And he did. He did.
2: And you've been married now?
0: 64 years.
2: It's never been better.
0: He's the best friend I got in this world. The best friend I've got in this world. It's amazing. Well, I want to tell you something. You need to hear this too. Your grandfather was truly sorry for the sin in his life that separate us and separate him from God. And he was, um, he had godly sorrow and asked forgiveness from God first and then from me. And he's the very best friend I've got today. I mean, it's powerful. We, if we miss a day without telling each other that we love each other, it, we just don't do it. We don't. We don't let one day go by. And usually, Granddad doesn't let an hour go by. <laughs> so God answers prayer. Did I say praying according to His will? You did now. Okay.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Pray according to His will. Yeah. Open up Scripture and find Scripture to pray. That Ask just exactly what you want. That's good. But it's, God wants to give it to you. That's good. Granny, I love you. I love you too, honey. Thank you.
1: is faithful.
2: He's faithful.
1: I recognize that that's not everybody's story. Huh? But what I know is that in Romans where he said that the Spirit intercedes according to his will, the next verse says that he works all, all things for the good of those who love him. And maybe, maybe that's not where your story's headed. I want to promise you this morning that God is working for your good. And your story may look different, but if you're surrendering to Him, it's a beautiful story in the making. It's a beautiful story in the making. Some of you are here today, and there's a gap between you and God, and you need to know something that there's gonna be there's been people probably interceding on your behalf praying that this gap would change. But the truth about all people, the truth about Moses and any intercessor, any human after is... As intercessors our, our, like we can only cover so much time that, that we're here, and we can't really represent the perfect sacrifice. See, God looked for an intercessor, but in Isaiah, it says, he saw there was no one. He was appalled, there was no one to intervene, so his own arm achieved salvation for him, and his own righteousness sustained him. That is Jesus Christ. God had a plan to send a perfect intercessor in the gap that cared about God but that humbled himself enough to come down to our level, to become a man, to walk in a way of righteousness that never allowed there to be a gap between him and God. And then he took the punishment of the gap. He stood in that gap for you and for me. And today, he wants to offer you salvation. All you have to do is receive it. In Hebrews, it says, therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. If you want to receive Jesus as your savior, as your great intercessor today, I'm going to invite us to pray and you could pray a prayer like this. You could say, Jesus, I receive it. I ask you to save me from my sins today. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the punishment that you had to take because of my sins. But I believe that you lived a perfect life. I believe you took my punishment on the cross. And I believe that God raised you from the dead. So today I ask you to save me from my sins. And I commit from this day forward to follow you. Then I want to do something a little different. If you're in the room today, maybe you're already a believer, but you just feel like, man, I need prayers of intercession for myself today. I feel a gap. I want to invite you to do something bold. I just want to invite you to just hold your arm up. Just hold your arm up where you're sitting. Just hold your arm up. It's okay. It's okay, there's no shame in this. And then church, I wanna invite us to practice interceding for our brothers and sisters around us right now. So I want you to look for an arm near you. Look for a hand that's in the air near you. And I want you to join me as we pray over these individuals. We're going to pray right now. We're going to intercede on behalf of our brothers and sisters in this room. God, we love you so much. Lord, we care deeply about you, but we care deeply also about the hands that are in this room. We know how much you care about them, Lord. We know that you see every single moment of the situation that they're carrying, every single heartache lord you tell us that you're near to the brokenhearted, and so we're asking right now that you would draw near to every brother and sister in this room with their hand raised god we ask that you would bring comfort right now that you'd bring peace that you'd bring strength and renewal lord and we're praying according to your word right now we're trusting that even the words we don't know to say over our brothers and sisters. We're trusting that your spirit is interceding in accordance with your will, God. We are trusting those words. We're holding you to those words, God. We're lifting up your truth and your character to you, and we're asking you to move on that. And then God, if there is any role you want us to play as a church, any friendship you want us to offer, any generosity you want us to offer, any kindness, any encouragement, any hospitality, Lord, we just say yes we will be a part of the solution of helping carry the burdens of those around us, God. Jesus, we thank you that you are the perfect and great intercessor, and we thank you that you invite and call us into a life of intercession. Lord, I pray for every single person in this room, every single family in this room. Lord, would you turn us into a church that intercedes that calls on you for renewal and revival and restoration in our families, in our city, in our nation, and in our world, God. We believe that you're capable. We believe that you're faithful. We believe that you are powerful. This morning, we praise you as we head out of here. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.